Hello and welcome to episode three of the World Cup preview here on Celtic Down Under. My name is Laura Bradburn and I am joined by Liam. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Looking forward to uh, getting into some African football today. Um, always Absol- an interesting topic. Absolutely. Speaking of African football, you're wearing quite the shirt there. Uh, South Africa 98, which by the way, I did predict off the top of my own head uh, when Liam yep. shared it in the Axon group chat, which uh, I was quite proud of. <laughs> Yeah, well done, well done. Um, I'm a geek, I'm a geek. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's an absolute classic, um, you know, one one of those, uh, let's just say one of those ones that I sourced through uh, uh, an irregular market, shall we say. (laughs) What he means is the official Kappa online store, that's what he means. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. He- he- headquart- headquartered in Guangdong province in China. Yeah, anyway. Right. Um. <laughs> anyway, that being said, let's crack on. We've covered Netherlands, we've covered Qatar. The next team in Group A, uh, the third out of four that we have to cover in this series, is, of course, Senegal. The first African team that we're covering at this World Cup. Um, stars like Sadio Mane, uh, who we'll go on to talk about. Um, looking at their history though, Liam, um, a team that I always kind of thought, yeah, it's Senegal, they're always at the World Cup. This is only going to be their third appearance in the finals after that famous uh, 2002 quarterfinal run and um, the group stage exit in Russia in 2018. Does that surprise you that they've not been there more often than that? Yeah, when when you pointed that out to me in our uh, our pre game discussion, that was uh, I I was really surprised because they're a team that you think of as as always being there. It's you know you think of like you think of Cameroon, you think of Senegal, and you think of Nigeria. That's your big. Th- you think of them as the big three African teams that are nearly always there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that did surprise me when when I thought about it. Um, but they are a team with some phenomenal talent in them this year so they're they're definitely there on merit no question about that speaking of um <clears throat> phenomenal talent i'm just looking at the squad back from that 2002 run at, at, at japan and south korea where they got all the way to the the quarterfinals in their debut world cup uh, appearance some of those mm-hmm. names in that team became you know household names through through that one appearance you've obviously got um the the late great uh, Papa Bubba Diop. Um, mm. You've got El Hadj Diouf, who, listen, we don't like to mention him on on these shores, but he did uh, put in quite a performance. Uh, mm. Salif Diaw is another one. You know, there's a there's a, a a plethora of players there that that are remembered twenty years later for for that performance. What do you think the chances are of the of the current day squad, maybe not um, emulating that performance, but but becoming household names like that for 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 their country. Well, I think that there's a more more than just their country. You know, Pele famously said that he expected an African team to win the World Cup within the next twenty years. But that was, I think, back in back in the eighties. He said, yeah, that. more than twenty years ago. <laughs> so it's not quite happened yet. But um, you do see, I think. And I see a similar thing in Asian football, to be honest. You see you see a gradual improvement with every World Cup that comes round. Um, and this Senegal team, with some of the st- already established stars in the team, like, like Mane, who we've already mentioned, yeah. um, you know, they are of the same vintage as Cameroon 1990, um, mm-hmm. Senegal 2002, 
Ghana 2014. You know, that's the kind of um, that is the kind of pedigree that we're looking at here. Yeah, and um, Senegal have got that to live up to. They have so. got that to live up to. Sadio Mane, uh, along with um, some of the more common names you might have heard of, like Ismaili Assar, um, obviously, uh, and Kalidou Koulibaly, who's now at Chelsea, previously of Napoli. They have made a previous appearance um, at a World Cup for Senegal uh, in Group H, along with uh, Colombia, um, Liam's country of residence, Japan, uh, and Poland uh, at Russia in 2018, but did not make it out of the group stage, of course. Um, bearing in mind that you know quite a lot of those star players are of an age that they will probably still be representing the team at this World Cup, was was that performance by them in, in 2018 a shock to you, considering some might suggest that, that that group that included Poland, Japan and Colombia might have been one you would expect Senegal to get out of? Well, the thing is, I mean, as, as, I, as, we, as I mentioned on, on previous episodes when we were talking about the, the Dutch team, every World Cup there are big teams that flop and there are small teams that produce surprises. Mm-hmm. And at that at 2018, Japan was one of the perceived smaller teams that caused an upset. Basically, they beat Colombia in the first game and it turned that group upside down because Colombia yeah. were expected to win that group and Senegal were expected to get second. And then the way the results just went, it didn't fall right for Senegal. And I think that was very unfortunate. Um, but, you know, it was just the way th- football goes. On a different day... You know, if I remember correctly, they drew two each with Japan, but it could easily have been like five or six two to either team because both teams really went for it. Yeah. Um, you know, they were they were unlucky in in their other games. Um, yeah, I, I think that was perhaps a team that was maybe just a wee bit too young at that point because, like you say, most of those players are still here now uh, in the squad. So four years on, um, a wee bit more seasoned uh you know i think they could and i do think they have an easier group now mm-hmm. than they did um in 2018 so that goes in their favor as well yeah just for clarification they are in group a obviously with qatar and netherlands who we've also covered and ecuador who we're going to get onto in the next episode um some might say that they are coming into the World Cup on the back of of, of a good run of form. They are, of course, the current uh, Africa Cup of Nations champions, um, having secured that in, in Cameroon in twenty twenty one. What kind of what kind of stead do you think that puts them in for going into this World Cup? Does it does it mean very much of anything at all, or is it going to be a case of you know a completely different kettle of fish with the World Cup? I mean. Winning any international tournament, especially your continental championship, is going to be a morale booster for any team. So that's going to give them some confidence going into the tournament. But, you know, at the end of the day, Qatar are in the same group as them and they're the Asian champions. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that that's an interesting kind of a subtext to this group that no one's talked about. The fact that the champions of Asia are going to face the champions of Africa in the first round. Yeah. Um, yep. That is quite a quite an intriguing prospect from the the sort of global football perspective because everybody thinks about the European and the South American teams, but there's two teams from the quote-unquote emerging uh, regions of world football 
who are both going to have a point to prove, and I think that is going to be a fascinating game. They will have a point to prove, and that will be a fascinating game. It won't, of course, be the opening game for Senegal, who are playing um, Netherlands, as we touched on in the previous show. Um, mm. I, I must win for Netherlands, or I must not lose for Netherlands, as you said in the last show. Um, I take it it's the same for, for Senegal, really. Regardless of who your opposition is in that opening match, you've really got to go for it, I think. Yeah, I think both both teams will just... You know, they're thinking, right, if we win this, we've got one foot in the second round because they would both fancy chances to beat at least one of Qatar or um, or Ecuador, um, all due respect to those teams. But most people would say that Senegal and and the Netherlands are a cut above both of them. Yeah, but I, as I said before, we're taking a risk and underestimating Qatar. Ecuador, maybe not so much, but Qatar could produce a few shocks. And Senegal will need to be wary because if Qatar claim a scalp, that's likely to be the one they'll take. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting, an interesting thing to view anyway. Um, Senegal, in terms of current players... Um, Sadio Mane, we've got to start with him. He's obviously, you know, the star man, won everything there was to win at Liverpool, um, is now at Bayern Munich, showing exactly why he, he was one of the most coveted names in Europe for, for a number of years. Um, Liverpool, in a lot of ways, are suffering more for his loss than I think they expected to. How much of an impact can he have, given that, Without disrespecting the Senegal team too much, you would you would imagine that most of their hopes are going to lie uh, on his back and exactly how well he performs at this tournament. I think, given his current form, uh, the current structure of the Senegal team, and his standing in European football, um, Mane is to Senegal what Cristiano Ronaldo is to Portugal. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not they have a successful World Cup is going to depend hugely on how successful a World Cup he has as an individual. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. And, and you know, sometimes you can find yourself feeling a little bit ignorant, assuming that the European-based players for the African nations will be the ones that carry the most responsibility for how far they get. But... But in my opinion, there's there's no point in denying that European football is the highest level of football that there is. And so any player from any continent who manages to make it in that, that arena is going to, by default, almost be the strongest in, in their national team just through the fact that they've reached the, 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 the pinnacle of club football. Is that an unfair thing to say, given that you obviously reside outside of Europe and probably take in a lot more um, uh, football outside of Europe than I do? I wouldn't say it's an unfair thing. I think at the moment that is the pragmatic view. But what I would say is that... Now, I can't speak too much to Africa because I do not have that much experience of African football because it's not something you see on TV over here very much. Mm -hmm. But... Um, from what I have read and what I'm led to believe, there are moves to really try and develop the game there in the same way that about 20 years ago, there were huge moves to develop the J League and the K League and, mm-hmm. the, and the Australian A League. 
And all those countries are reaping the benefits of that. So if a similar move takes hold in Africa, I mean, the African Champions League has been up and running for a while now. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, I'd say it's it's about on a par with the Asian Champions League in terms of competitiveness. So that's that's already a, a huge step forward considering that Africa does not have anything like the infrastructure that a lot of Asian countries have. Yeah, um, I think I think that's I think that's fair to say. Um, yeah. Just looking at the fixtures, obviously we've talked about the fact that the, that they come up against Netherlands first and foremost. Their second match on the twenty fifth of November is Qatar, followed by Ecuador on the twenty ninth of November. Mm. Does that sequence of matches for Senegal change how you think they might do in the group? Because I, I do think, although it shouldn't factor in, if they don't get points off of Netherlands, it can... I, I sometimes think that coming out of that first game in the group stage of the World Cup with zero points can be psychologically a very difficult thing to get over, even if on paper you're, you're following matches um, you would expect to hopefully get six points from, I would say. I think, assuming that the form guide goes goes through and they they lose to Netherlands in the opening game. As long as it's not an absolute kicking, I think they will bounce back from it. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's a bit like if you think about the Champions League this season, um, just to use an example, we, you know, we're Celtic fans. Um, Celtic lost 3-0 to Real Madrid, but took a great deal of encouragement and heart from how good a performance they put in. Mm-hmm. Uh, conversely, Rangers get systematically taken apart in every game they've played. And you can see, going the other way, the mental, the negative mental impact that has had on them in their league form. Yeah. So I think with Senegal, in a much more kind of a compressed uh, idea, because it's only three games, but by the same token, a narrow defeat against the Netherlands is going to make them think, right, we've shown we can compete at this level, so let's go out and beat these other two teams that we should beat. Or, if they get absolutely murdered by by them, like 4 or 5 nil, it's going to be like, oh God, we we didn't turn up, and if we don't turn up again, we're out. You know, yeah. that, that's the that, that's the kind of a, the way that look, the first game can really swing either way. Yeah, it's. I I always think that's the case. Even um, even when you get two strong teams against each other, as Senegal and Netherlands are in this group, there are other groups that we'll go on to to review. But very often, I think when the two strong teams come up against each other in the first match, it's almost you know as important a match as there is at the whole tournament because a loss for one of those strong teams straight out the gate has such a massive impact on them for the rest of the tournament, however long or short that it is. Um, So it'll be interesting to see who comes out the victor in that first match because I think it's going to inform a lot of the rest of the group. Now, uh, sorry, you were going to say something there. I was just going to say that, yeah. I mean, Senegal themselves are an example of that if you look back to 2002. Mm-hmm. They beat they beat France in the opening game, and France ended up getting knocked out early. Exactly. So exactly, they will be probably more aware than most of the the dangers that losing that first game can pose. You know. Yeah, I think it's 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 always a case of, and I always think this with games in hand as well in a league system. Games mm. in hand are all very well and good, but points on the board is what matters, and in this case yeah. as well. 
if Senegal lose to the Netherlands, it's all very well and good saying, yeah, but we should beat the other two. The fact is that they could come out of that first game. Let's assume, as we suggested might happen, Qatar win against Ecuador and, and, and Netherlands beat beat Senegal. You're in a situation there where both Qatar and Senegal, uh, both Qatar and Netherlands are three points ahead of Senegal before they even get a chance to kick another ball. And psychologically, that's just massive. Aye, and then suddenly that Asian-African champion showdown we talked about becomes a, a probable shootout for second place in the group. Yeah, it's it's so. going to be... You know, th- this, is, this is where talking about this stuff really gets me excited because... A group that on paper I, as a Scottish person, shouldn't have a huge amount of interest in mm. suddenly has all these narratives and underlying things. That thing you've pointed out about the Asian chance champions versus the African champions is going to be a massive thing for that group. And it's yeah. just going to make watching Qatar versus Senegal, which on paper isn't the most glamorous of ties at this World Cup, mean so much more. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that is the thing I actually love about the World Cup is teams like, you know, like like Senegal, like Qatar, that I normally would go three or four years without even hearing about them because in European football, we just never talk about teams outside of Europe. Um, and that's a, well, that, that's a kind of an ingrained prejudice, I suppose, that we just, like, I mean, like you say, because all the the best paid and the the best in team infrastructure is in Europe. We just kind of focus our attention there when there is a lot of good football to be watched in other countries as well. But um come back come back to Senegal, they really they are, I think, Africa's best hope for this World mm-hmm. Cup. Mm-hmm. And they are not only are they, I think, the best African team at this World Cup, but I think they're also the ones potentially best placed to go somewhere in the tournament yeah. in terms of get, getting out of the group and going on from there. Um, but as I've already said with my other predictions, I think they might struggle in this group. But yeah. on paper, they shouldn't. So yeah. we'll have to wait and see. If if um if you want to see Liam's other predictions, then obviously go back and watch the two previews we've done so far for for Netherlands and for Qatar. You'll get an idea of of, of where his thoughts are for for those two teams. Um, but let's assume you haven't made those predictions and mm. Senegal managed to get out of the group. Yeah. Um. Where where do their chances lie beyond that? Is it because uh, I sometimes wonder with the, the last sixteen of a World Cup, with it being straight knockouts, mm. anything can happen, really, can't it? I and and knockout games tend to favour more attacking teams, the teams that go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, again, look back to the example of like Cameroon in nineteen ninety. You know, they powered their way to the quarterfinals and came within minutes of knocking out England, who mm-hmm. were, you know, arguably the second best team at that tournament. Um, so, yeah, the the the, uh, the precedent is there. Absolutely. You know? It'll be interesting to see what happens. Anyway, um, we have one more team to cover in this group, which is Ecuador. Be sure to tune in for that when it goes live. 
Um, this this video will be part of a playlist, I'm sure, um, where we cover all 32 teams. So make sure and go back and watch the other ones that we've got so far. Um, we'll see what happens. The countdown to the World Cup is on and we are ever closer to it. Liam, thank you for joining me today and we'll see you for the thank next you. one uh, and uh, a preview of Ecuador. See you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.